are you now, are now listening, listening to, to the War Report Wednesday, Wednesday night, night War, war room, room, room with your host, C-Dope. It's your boy Caesar Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike G, G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war room. Let's go! War Eagle again, everyone. Happy Hump Day. Welcome, everyone. As you're coming on into the War Room, please, please, by all means, smash that like button. Give us a War Eagle in the comments. We're already here, man. We're already talking about it. News on the Plains hit Monday. T.J. Finley uh, from Louisiana, transferred out of LSU. He's been the talk of, of, of the Auburn fan base for, what, a week or the past two weeks? Highly speculation that he was going to commit to Auburn, and he actually makes it official this past Monday. Six foot seven. I've heard different uh, weights from him ranging from 230 to 250. Uh, nevertheless, he's a big dude. Yeah, right? big dude. Big dude. Uh, last year, he completed about uh, 57% of his passes. He played in about five games. He was 80 of 40 um, in terms of completions, 941 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions in 2020. He will have four years eligibility remaining. Um, he was on a, a show, I believe I saw it on Monday. He did it online. Uh, he actually silently committed to Auburn last week yeah. and decided yeah. to make it official yeah. on Monday. So he was already a commitment. He was already locked and loaded with Auburn. And uh, yeah, so he he he's there. And he we got some other things we want to share with that, but just want to talk with the fellas. Because again, as y'all know our policy, and that goes, that goes Ike Jones. For that man. Listen. I want to know what you guys' thoughts are. We usually wait till a person commits to really give our thoughts on on this guy. Uh, I want to start. I want to start with you, B. Will. What are, What are your thoughts with this with this commitment? I didn't want you to go to me first because I didn't want to be the first to say something. I wanted Mike to say something first, but it's all good. You know, we'll get there. <laughs> hey, I'll can go. switch it around. Well, yeah, Mike can go. All right, Mike, go ahead, you go Mike. Ahead, go. You go ahead, go. Go okay, ahead, Mike cool. G. What, what are your and listen? Let's just talk about the kid. Let's just talk about the kid. We're gonna get into the whole competition. Let's talk about the the commitment. Right. What are so your thoughts all, on TJ Finley? Yeah, I want to clarify. These are my first public comments on TJ Finley's play in terms of him coming to Auburn and whether I like it or not. Right. So okay. let me now, for the very first time, say I like it. Now, uh, we did not say uh, we did not see this coming. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't personally see this one coming. None of us uh, did. Yeah, I didn't see this one coming. Um, but it is kind of underscores on, on, on a small segue about what the portal has done to recruiting. Signing day seems like eons ago, where we were all kind of like, man, this was kind of a disappointing signing day, and then we p- picked up Dylan Brooks after. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ah, I got it. That was like a little cherry on top. And then uh, A-Day came. And we were like, man, we we got one quarterback and a true freshman. And it looked for a while like the only option that we were going to have in lieu of Bo either getting hurt or not playing well was to throw Demetrius Davis in there. Who knows what point in the season that could be, if at all. And then the coaches go out and they do something like this with a guy who has four years of eligibility remaining. So now let's talk about his play. He had an up and down freshman campaign. Now, he was not the starter at the beginning of his season. He got thrust into action when the starter got hurt. He looked like the real deal for the first few games. And then, as most freshmen do, when they finally have to go on the road in the SEC, he looked like a freshman. Yeah. We made him look not great. Yeah. So, 
Do I hold that against him? Eh, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't think that I can. It's tough for freshmen, true freshmen, on the road in the SEC, in our league. We ate him up. Now, he ended up losing the job to Max Johnson. Max played well, man. He didn't give it back. And then this spring at LSU, he proved why he probably should have been the number two to begin with. But I think that just underscores how much talent they had in their quarterback room to begin with. So how do I see T.J. Finley? Tons of talent, right? Raw and undeveloped, but tons of talent. And we have a new system. We got, a, we got two, a head coach and an offensive coordinator who like a quarterback to sit in the pocket and go through their progressions. And that's his game. My question will be, has the game slowed down enough for him from year one to year two? to be an effective quarterback in Harson's system. You know, we got our, we, I mean, I, I, I'm on the fence about whether or not our receivers are going to be able to help him a whole lot because we just haven't seen it. I think we have tons of talent at wide receiver. I've been on record about which ones I'm excited about. But A-Day also showed us that we've got a lot of work to do, to do there too. Yeah. So what do we need from the quarterback this season? Right. We've already acknowledged we're going to be run heavy and we need a quarterback that can come into the game, make some plays with his arm to keep the defense honest. We don't need a Heisman winner, a quarterback this season. We need to keep the wheels on the wagon until the last game. Make a bowl game. Keep it pushing to next season. So Harson can keep building this thing up. And I will end my diatribe by saying. As Auburn fans, we have been so ruined for the last eight years because the gulf between QB1 and QB2 has been so wide that fans are losing their damn mind that they don't know what to do. You got fans saying there's no way he's going to beat out Bo and blah. They don't know, we don't know what a, a QB competition looks like because we've been sold for almost a decade that the backup just barely lost the job only for the backup to go into the game and look like he never played football before. So this is new. This is new for a lot of us. I think a lot of us just have questions, but I like the idea that the coaches are bringing in somebody who has the mindset that he is going to challenge for the job now. And I want to clarify this because it seems to be a lot of misconceptions about uh, 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 what T.J. Finley said. So I'm going to quote him because I spent the last five days making sure I had the facts straight on what he said. He said, the best situation for me is to go to a school where I can compete right now. But even if I don't win the job. Whoever I lose the job to is not in the same class as me. So that I am not sitting for three years in the same situation behind some guy, some guy who was already the incumbent. So what does that mean? He chose Auburn because he feels like he can win the job here now. And all the fans of our current quarterback just don't want to hear that. Now, whether he will or not, I, who knows? Let's watch. Let's watch a competition and see what happens. Yeah. But I don't think that we've seen anything on the field so far that says to say that if this kid comes in and shows out and he had a good offseason, that he won't garner some strong consideration. I'm ready to see an actual QB competition because at the end of it, the product, the result should be that both guys raise their game to another level. TJ Finley, Bo, and don't forget about my guy Demetrius. Because he does not want to be forgotten in all this talk. He's got uh, Main Easy posted some videos of, of him out there throwing balls. He's out there working too. Let's go, man. Competition has to be back. We should embrace it as fans. Stop picking a side. Pick the side of Auburn. 
Whatever guy wins it. Right. Hey, Brian. <laughs> before, <laughs> before, <laughs> before, oh, before you go, before you go, Brian, I do want to point this out. I think it was the Jordi Collada show. Um, it was on YouTube, and they he actually T.J. Finley called in um, after he after he announced his commitment via Twitter. And actually talked to him about his decision. And in that in in that interview, he revealed uh, a lot that he had silently committed. Mm-hmm. And he also stated that he was told that it's an open competition. So this isn't this isn't a kid just being cocky or whatever. He's just saying what he's been told from the coaching staff. That's not a shot at Bo either. And that's not a shot at Bo. That's in not fact, Bo. That's not so Bo. In fact. Here's what Harson had to say about it. He was interviewed recently, and he was asked about the competition. He couldn't really, talk, he can't really talk about TJ because I don't think TJ has has signed yet. Is that correct, mm. guys? I'm not sure if he's signed yet, so mm. he couldn't. He had to kind of talk around him. But this is his statement: the quarterback room is about toughness. It's about preparation. It's about decision making. It's about accuracy. But these guys, you want to have the ultimate competitors in that room. And it really starts with themselves. That's Brian Harson's statement about competition in the quarterback room. And he went on to say a whole lot. He wants competition at every level. Right. So right. I just want to know, I just want to know, starting with you, B, because we already throwing out the word competition. What do you feel about the fact that we may actually have a QB battle on the planes? Hmm. It, it will be the first time in a very long time. I think I was thinking back to 2015. We, we've already talked about our last administration a lot and the QBs, the lack of QB battles. And as Mike said, that's not something that we're really used to. Um, 2015, Sean White was the only guy, I think, who had the mental makeup to be great. He did not have the durability or physical tools, but he had the mental makeup to be great. Um, And it didn't work out for other reasons because, again, he has some other stuff going on. But I bring up Sean White because this is the first time that anybody has been in in the quarterback room who I've even heard an inkling of, I'm going to go get it. I guess Sean White was one, and he didn't even have the tools to be that confident. But he was confident. He believed in himself. No fault. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And to hear this kid, TJ Finley, talking about why he's coming here, even prospectively, when he, when he had not committed yet, at least publicly, wherever I go, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going somewhere where I think I have a chance to win this job. And I believe that I can win that job. It was more about what is the year classification of the uh, the starter in front of me right now at that place not what can they do that i can't do he left that quarterback battle at lsu believing in himself obviously after the spring the coaches told him something he didn't like or else he would not have left that that's what i believe that 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 makes sense if i'm going by what he said why what he communicated to the press and in interviews he wasn't going to get what he wanted there i wonder because I watched no LSU spring uh, ball. I watched no LSU tape from last year besides the Florida game, which he didn't play in, and our game against them. I don't know what the kid is capable of. I know what some of LSU's limitations were last year, mostly on defense, some on offense. A lot of that was by experience. None of those, none of those guys had started. I would give anybody a year to figure out what you can do mentally. Do you believe in yourself? When you got on that field, were you shaking? Were, was it just something that you saw and it surprised you? And then you came back like, you know what? I think I can do this. He believes in himself a whole lot. And I am extremely pleased that we have a guy who believes in himself that much. That That's the number one thing that I thought about TJ Finley. Okay. So, um, what did the coaches tell you? Like that's the I know we're saying, oh, it's about competition, and Bo saying, yeah, look at me throw it's about competition. But listen, man, did you come out of the spring thinking? Did Harson go, hey, listen, Bo, we like what you did this spring. 
We're going to get somebody else. It's not that you owe him that. You are the coach. You don't owe a player an explanation. If a player doesn't like what happens, they can leave. They have that option more now than they ever have before. I'm not saying it would be unfair if Brian Harson went and got TJ Finley without talking to Bo or letting him know where he stood. But I got to wonder, man, what's that dynamic like? What, what's that? What are those conversations like when everybody's getting their evals at the end of the spring and certain guys are hearing that they're not going to start and they thought they were going to start because they, they had been kind of coming down the pipeline of the last staff. And I'm not all well, I'm out of here. What is going on in Bo's head, in Didi's head? I know what's going on in Finley's head. We know that. That's, that's, that's a known. He, I'm coming for this job. I don't care who's there as long as y'all aren't my exact same class and already kind of picked as a starter. Fine. He's comfortable outdueling a junior Bo as a technically a redshirt freshman, I guess you could say he is. I am so interested in that dynamic now because we've talked a lot about what the defense has done in the in the transfer portal. A whole lot. We know they've got every guy in our neck of the woods who they put a peg on and said, I, I think we should get him. They've got him. It's worked out great. We're, we're looking stellar over there. We got a safety, a corner, two defensive tackles after we lost two de- defensive tackles. One is outside, inside. We're, we're doing good. Offense, we've been wondering, man, we're short behind Bo. DD has the juice. He doesn't have the experience. Offensive tackle. Wide receiver, we think we got the talent, but we don't have the experience. What's going on? The offense's first get is a quarterback. But that doesn't, of, of everything that we thought we were going to see from the coaching that, that Harson was giving Bo during A-Day, from uh, the conversations and, and the lack, really, of it looked like they didn't believe in anybody behind Bo for, at a day. So what you get, this could just be insurance. It's, it could just be insurance as a quality number two, so you don't have to burn DD too early. And it would be a great structural move. But is it something else? That's what I want to know. We're yeah, not going to get fir- that answer soon. I, I firmly reject that. It's just insurance. 100%. I, I just don't want to. I don't I know. I don't reject know. that idea. I don't yeah, know. I, com- I do. I do. Because we don't. If, if you do, if you came out of spring not believing that you had a number two, right? You need two guys who believe that they're the guy. Mm-hmm. Every better program has two guys that think that they're their guy, and there are only a few situations in college football where the new guy comes in knowing that he's not going to beat out the incumbent. Now, if you came in while Trevor Lawrence was at Clemson, you'd be like, I. Right, Unless this dude's arm falls off, I'm waiting. Yeah. Right. Right? There's a few programs in college football where that's the truth. And even then, guys, what did Chris Todd tell us? They're always, it doesn't matter if you won the Heisman. They're always trying to bring somebody in who's better than you. Right. Because you won blown knee away from us needing that guy. Yeah. We just have never had him. That's why I reject the idea that it's about insurance. Right, because your number two has to, he's got to be just as good as your number one. And we got to start believing again that when somebody wins a job, he did actually just barely beat out. Listen, Finley leaving LSU is, I don't think that's, that's, I don't think that is a black mark on Finley. I think that's a credit to how much talent LSU has recruited at that position. Because you see, you're going to have attrition. Right. When you recruit well, you're going to have attrition because everybody can't play. That's what they did. They went out and they got what they felt like were the best guys. And and, and how often do you go into a spring with three guys battling for a job that you have game tape on all of them? They had game tape on every single quarterback who was buying for that job. We had game tape at Auburn on, on one. Right. You know, I just, I, you, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, we ain't going to go there. But, like, <laughs> I just, that's all I'm saying. At Auburn, we had game tape on one. In LSU, at their system, they had game yeah, tape on three. They had tape yeah. on two. The other was Grant, Grant Loy. But, yeah, to your point. We so, yeah, guys, come on, man. Like, so, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I'm just it, 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 it's got to be. It's got to be about, it's got to be about, Bringing in a guy 
and, and, and to be clear, all this, because he did say in an interview, I'm here to make Bo better. He's here to make me better. You know how you make Bo better? By making him have to lay his life on the line for the job. It's not by holding hands and singing Kumbaya. It's by trying to take the job from his guy. We've talked to so many players. It's about competition. It's about that dog mentality. Step up or sit down. Because I'm coming for you. Everything you got. Wallet, keys, bank account, all of it. Girl. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> Come, Come on, man. Girl. Hey, listen. <laughs> all right. With- Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building Report, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Hey, listen. <laughs> All right, I, I jump in, man. We, we, oh, man. <laughs> what what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on 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 all of this, man? Ah, uh, well. First and foremost, uh, welcome to the Plains, TJ Finley. If you're watching, for sure, yeah, uh, we, we appreciate you coming in and uh, lending your athletic ability. My thing on this whole thing is that uh, TJ Finley is everything that Bo Nix is not, and that's going to sound like I'm bagging on Bo Nix. Let me explain to you that Bo Nix is everything TJ Finley is not. So let me let me tell you what I mean by that. Bo Nix is an athletically gifted young man who relies. The mass majority of his play is reliant upon his athletic ability, whether that is his feet and his escapability or his arm strength throwing from random, unpredictable angles. He relies a lot on his athletic prowess to make plays on a consistent basis. All of the wow plays that you see from Bo Nix. Most of them involve him doing something that he's just naturally gifted to do, right? It's not read progression. Oh my God, wow, did you see the way he went through and da da da? He really dissected that defense that game. You don't see that from Bo. You see athletic wow plays, right? TJ Finley is almost the exact opposite. Though he's a bigger kid, he's not out there wowing you with his ability to do these, you know, he, he moves within the pocket. He tries to stay poised within the pocket and he's trying to make plays with his arms for, for the most part. He's not an escape artist, right? He's going to some design runs. He can get you some yards and all that kind of stuff, but that's not his game, right? And so they are basically polar opposites of one another as quarterbacks. The question for me is going to be who moves the needle further in the thing that they don't do well faster? Mm-hmm. Because TJ Finley being able to make plays from the pocket Unfortunately, unless our offensive line makes some huge strides, he's a sitting duck back there. And he's going to have to figure out how to throw under duress continuously. And we saw in our game against LSU when Finley was back there, throwing under duress just isn't the recipe for success. So to Mike's point, is the game going to slow down for him enough for him to be able to process well pre-snap? And do we now have a coaching staff that will put him in a position where he can make the quick, easy throws to challenge the defense in other ways so that they have to remain, you know, stable and not trying to stack the box against our run game, which should be the strength of this. Right. On the other end, Bo Nix, is he going to be able to correct his tendencies to just want to escape quickly if he feels pressure? Is he going to have the poise to remain in the pocket? And is he going to be able to deliver balls accurately, consistently from the pocket? Whoever makes those strides to cover those gaps the quickest is the guy who I think wins the job, right? I don't think that there's any problem whatsoever bringing in someone else to compete in that space. And that's not even mentioning Demetrius Davis, who I feel like today, if you were to ask me who's the best quarterback on our roster, all of you people who absolutely love Bo Nix, you can hate me if you want to. I still say the answer is Demetrius Davis. The issue with Demetrius is he's not ready for the speed of the SEC game today. Right. And so you don't want to throw him out there game one. Right. Uh, and I mean, you could get him a couple of games against some teams that aren't SEC. But then his first test would be on the road at Penn State. Right. That's throwing that young man to the wolves. And you want right. him to come in and mop up duty, get his rhythm together, figure it out, maybe even redshirt a year and then throw him out there when he's ready. And he's been able to see that consistently. He's gotten some more of that 
I ain't gonna say grown man strength, but as you know, he's a freshman, right? So he hadn't even really fully grown into his body, all those sorts of things, right? So he still has some maturation he needs to do both physically and mentally to get to the game speed that's necessary to be effective as a starter game in a game out in the SEC. So you're really down to a two-man race this season. And for me, again, it's going to be about who makes the biggest strides in that other stuff. Is, Tilly, is Finley going to be able to make some off-schedule throws and plays that we didn't really see from him in his time at LSU to make sure that you can make up for the fact that maybe your offensive line isn't going to be sound? Or is Bo Nix going to figure out how to be composed from the pocket consistently? Whoever does that the best in this fall, in the summer, that's the guy you're going to see starting the majority of the games. Now, I'm not talking about day one starter. I think right now, if they were to hike the ball today, game one, Bo Nix is your starter, right? And that's not even about who understands the playbook better. Right. None of that nonsense, right? This is just about he's the entrenched starter. Finley has to come take that job from that young man, yeah. right? And and by all accounts from his own mouth, he absolutely believes he can do that. That's what Anybody who hears him say anything about we can push each other to be better, don't understand that they're saying the same thing that I just told you, which is, I know I have some things to work on that he's better than me at. He has some things to work on that I'm better than him at. Game on. We'll see who gets to the spot first. Let's see who and gets first. whoever yeah. gets there first, the guy who's behind him, I hope he is barely losing. Yeah. And yeah. I honestly don't care who wins. I am. Not, I have no... I don't care which one of them wins as long as it's the best guy, as long as I can trust the evaluation process from the new staff. And this is the thing that we have to begin to figure out whether or not we have a trustability in our coaching staff to right. pick the correct players. Right. Right. Um, you know, let's be clear about a couple of things. We haven't felt that uh, confidence prior to now. Right. And um, in addition to we can say that from an evaluation standpoint, TJ Finley apparently looks great in practice because he beat out Max Johnson at LSU for the number two spot. Right. Right. So we know he's going to come lighted up in practice. He's going to look good when there's no lights on. He actually didn't look too bad in a couple of other games. Like uh, Auburn fans saw our game against LSU and automatically think TJ Finley is trash. I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Again, he was a freshman making his second start against one of right. the best defenses in the conference. Yeah, right. he's going to look bad. I'm sorry. Like, I just, uh, if you if, if he went out there and lit it up against Auburn last year, he's still the starter today at LSU. There's just no two ways right. about that. Yeah, right? I mean, and so, it's I, I just don't understand how you see that because would we be thinking the same thing if Max Johnson was the guy that transferred over, right? So let's right. say TJ Finley gets back in there. He was doing really well. Max Johnson decides he wants to leave and he comes over. Are we saying, oh, this kid, he has no chance to start? I don't think so. Right. Like, I just don't understand the mindset that let, allows you to do two things. Ignore what he said out of his own mouth and ignore the things that he's being told by the coaches and the coaches mm -hmm. are echoing publicly. You have to ignore all of that and say, oh, that's just coach speak. But then those same people will come to our comment section and tell us we don't know what's going on because we're not in the locker room. How y'all going to have it both ways? Either we all don't know or we, or we, or we all know. And I can tell you what the man said himself. Right. And he said he was coming here to compete. He didn't say he was coming here to back anybody up. Yeah. No. He, he didn't say he was coming here to take over when Bo leaves. Right. That's not what he said. Right. 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 And, and, and the idea, again, because we've we have just not seen the competitiveness at the quarterback position, a real QB competition. Because right. when, when Nick Marshall was here, we thought that was the beginning of us starting a pipeline at that position. Jeremy Johnson came in on some mop-up duty, and he looked great. We were like, whoa, when this guy takes over the offense, it's going to look completely different because his skill set is completely different than Nick Marshall's. Mm -hmm. He threw for like 300 yards and a half. And we were all blown away and felt really good that when Nick's time was done, this offense was in good hands. It didn't pan out that way. But let me tell you, I lean more to these coaches ruined Jeremy Johnson than he was a bust because he wasn't a one-off. Every other freshman QB that came through here, man, and now we have new coaches and they're seeing something in Finley 
And like it or not, Bo's not their guy. Finley's more their guy than Bo. They picked him. Yeah. Right. Right. So to Ike's point, which I really like, this race will come down to who can clean up their room the fastest? Who can make their bed the fastest? I That's think it. too. I, I think too. What what we should what we should be celebrating as Auburn fans is we have a coach who doesn't appear to be playing favorites. Favorites. Oh, we have man. a head coach who sees the big picture and just wants competition at every position. I rem- I think about work. I think about my job. I think about there's an opportunity to have a promotion. You got people in the department gunning for that promotion. I'm working hard. I'm bringing my A game every day. That person's working hard and bringing their A game every day. Regardless of who wins that promotion, rest assured, there's a lot of productivity going on in that office. Yeah, right. Because everyone is busting their behinds to get that promotion. That's what's going to happen to this offense. Yeah, yeah. And and, and what you want to hope is that the culture that it breeds is not one of jealousy because you didn't get the award of the promotion, right? And that you say to yourself, I, well, the next opportunity that pops up, that's mine. And I'm going to keep working and I'm going to keep working. I'm going to work harder every single day to make sure when the opportunity comes, I'm ready. You know, King was in here earlier. I don't know if he's still in here. He can attest to. If the coaching staff does their job properly, at a moment's notice, if you're asked to step in there and you have to replace a guy who's being productive, you're going to come in here and it's going to feel like we never missed a beat. Never missed a beat. Right. But you, see you, have to be, you have to have the mindset that allows you to say, OK, I didn't get it this time, but give, let me get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guarantee you, nobody's going to feel like I didn't deserve this spot. Right. Yeah. You know what? I I know Brian hates this example, but I just think it's so relevant. Right. It's going to be the saving to uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. (laughs) 20, 26 and two as a starter. And the only way you pull that guy in a national title game is if you know what you got on the bench. Yeah, because if two is not ready to go in there, he doesn't play, period. Period. Like I don't care how talented he is and all this stuff. They need if two is not ready to play, Saban can't make that call. So a portion of that is Tua being ready, right? And feeling like he was the guy. He never gave the job back. Saban looks like a genius. It's about him knowing what's on his bench and always having the next guy up. So scratch Saban from the list, man. Lincoln Riley. You know, uh, uh, um, uh, who's the dude up at Ohio? Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney. And these guys all have next guy up in their in their quarterback. Yeah, because when Trevor Lawrence was down with COVID, DJ came in and threw for 400 yards. He did his thing. Came in and threw for 400 yards. Yeah. Now, he made some mistakes. It wasn't a flawless game. But the but the but the talent was clearly on level with Trevor. Trevor, they have some different skill sets, you know. And the only difference that I saw in the two quarterbacks was just experience. So can we have that at Auburn? That's all I'm saying. Our best right. case scenario is is that both quarterbacks make a huge leap, and yeah. if somebody has to transfer out. It's not because they didn't get a shot on a team that didn't do nothing. Right. It's because we really are just stacked with talent. You know, so maybe what, what we're seeing in this exodus of, of players is that there were some guys that were recruited that got misevaluated. And they didn't have the talent that we thought they had. Now the coaches are bringing in the guys who do have that talent. Because what I saw last year on tape was I saw a guy who went in and shredded up South Carolina. A feat that our quarterback did not pull off. That might have been his worst game of the season. No, it did not bite if it was. So I'm just saying, I'm like, come on. Can we just acknowledge that his talent? I mean, it's not like he's that far behind. His talent ceiling is just as high as Bose. They just have different skill sets. 
And there is room for both on this roster. And if one transfers out, what I hope is, is that Didi's back there saying, all right, sleep on me if you want to. I'm going to keep working. Right? And if I get my shot. Yeah, and all of this, you've said it already. What's not lost on me is the mentality that Demetrius Davis is bringing to this entire situation. Man, listen, he's sleeping. He he came in realizing he was going to likely be sitting behind Bo already, right? So, like, right. bringing in somebody else to compete for the starting job, he's like, I likely wasn't going to start anyway. Right. But let one of y'all slip. I promise you I'm going to be ready. And he is out there working, and he's putting on his own you know, campaign out here on social media. He's like, look, I'm going to show you I'm working too. Look at these lasers I'm throwing on these 15, 20 yard outs while rolling. He's not out there just laying down and saying, all right, well, if they don't want me to start this season, I'm going to just chill. Ah, he's out there working, bro. And, yeah. you know, props props to Bo Nix. Bo Nix is like, cool. He's not, yeah, Welcome he's to the family. Yeah. Let me go down here and work a little bit then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not taking his, any of this. I like all that. I like right, all just, that, bro. It's, so, again, so, every everybody's working, man. Right. That's, so, that's but, what I want to see. Yeah. But to Brian's point about what are the coach, what did the coaches possibly say to Bo? I, I, nothing. The answer is nothing. And I didn't think we need so. a number. Yeah, we need a number. We need more than just you. So we're gonna go out and we're gonna get that guy. And if that's some guy who can come in and take the job from you, that's that's football. You yeah. say nothing. You don't owe him that. Right. And, and, and can we put that Harson graphic back up again uh, just for a second? The quarterback room is about toughness. Full stop. Okay, you can take it down. Toughness. That's not just physical toughness, man. That's mental toughness. How do you cultivate mental toughness? You are challenged not only by your coach, but by your peers, by the people around you. How do they challenge you? Well, in football, it's by trying to take your spot. Yeah. In practice, if I'm an old lineman versus a D lineman, I'm trying to whoop your ass every practice. Man, what, what did Ben Grubbs tell us about, you know, again, the, the practice that he had with King? With King, He said King just wasn't pulling his weight. You know, and he did what a big brother should do, and he toughened him up. King said, I needed that moment. I wasn't doing, I wasn't where I needed to be up here. My brother saw that and got in my ass a little. Okay, great. That's competition, man. That's what it's supposed to be. He got him ready. And at different positions, it looks a little different. Because O-line is a little, is a lot more physical. Right. But at quarterback, right. it just so happens. You go out there and you use your skill set to the best of your ability to make sure. That if you do not win the job, the coaches have a really tough decision to make. Right. And it's not just coach speak when they come in to the room and say, you just missed it, but I think we're going to go with Bo. But we want you to be ready. Because it could be your turn at any point. Yeah. Right. And the right. backup has to believe that or he's not going to stay. Right and now. in a quarterback room, you need at least two guys to believe that every year. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> they have talent. No, I mean, again, I said it, I said in the previous one, we've seen, we've been fortunate to not have our primary quarterback go down with an injury. Right? Because there was no one behind that quarterback. We've been, been fortunate that that didn't burn us. And we're in a position now to where we have three quarterbacks who are talented we have three that's again that's and and a, and a coach who is saying and again I'll, I'll i'll read another quote from him we don't have a graphic for it but he says competition this is harson competition keeps you focused it gets you up out of bed in the morning and drives you towards improvement hell he we do that it. on the work for <laughs> yeah like <laughs> I was going to bring that up for real. Like, that's really pushed us several man, times. Yeah, yeah. listen, yeah. man. When I turn on my YouTube and I see another channel doing some stuff that we may not be doing, bet. Bet that up. Not only I'm going to do that, I'm going to reinvent the game. Right. I'm, I'm going to figure out how to do the thing that you do. I'm going to put my own twist on it. But like I said, it's, it's about, all right, that's a clear hole in our game. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we can we figure out what we're not doing, you know, to, to to make this better, whether it's the way that it's being produced to the quality of like it. Competition should drive you to be better every single day. And if you see competition and it makes you run then you were not built, you're not to, a competitor. To, you're you're not a competitor. Number one. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Listen, CM has a comment here I want to address. Um, he said, I, I believe um, DD ends up transferring as much as I like him. I don't know if he stays, um, if he doesn't get lost between guys. Like, hey, listen, that is a possibility. And you, y'all know how I feel about Demetrius. So if he doesn't get his shot here, I hope he gets it somewhere. Yeah. But I want it to be because we actually did bring in guys that were better than him. Right. Not because we got stuck with some guy that you misevaluated and your ego wouldn't let you bench him. Right. Right. Right? Because that's what we were dealing with before. Right. So if he does transfer out, I expect I expect transfers in the future. We, we should, if, if they are really good at developing quarterback talent, we're going to have some attrition at that position. If he transfers out, it's because man, Finley is out there killing it, killing it, or man, yeah. so like like we we're not wondering what if because we're already we already have productivity at the position, right, right. Because that's we're just in a byproduct. Contention. You only you can there's only one quarterback on the field, right? And if it's no gadget play, there's only one quarterback on the field. Yeah, and and if I'm Didi, I'm not worried about an incoming freshman taking my spot. I don't care You're how right. good he is. I know the I I know the scheme better than him. I've been throwing with these guys that are wide receivers longer than he has. And if anything, okay, TJ's great and he's number one. I should be in my mind the automatic number two, one breath away from being the starting quarterback. Facts. And this guy's got to come take my number two spot. I'm not shying away from that. Yeah, facts. there's no there's no way I'm like. The only way I can see that being the case is if Bo Nix stays for his senior season that, mm-hmm. and Bo is still the entrenched starter. Now, if yeah, Bo loses the that. job and somebody that. else is a starter next in, in his senior season, DD don't have a reason to he's like, look, I'm 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 just as good as any of these guys. Why do I need to be? Uh uh what's the guy's name? Uh older. Yeah. He Holding, can he can red shirt for all I care. Yeah. 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 He can red shirt for all I care. I ain't hey, worried listen. about that. Main Easy says, Davis is not transferring. He's ready to battle. And let me tell you, people, he would know. Yeah. Yeah. Main would know. I love that. Yeah. Now, we don't claim to have sources. Right? But I love talking to people who do. Yeah. And he would know. And I thought it was interesting, man. If you see the videos of Davis out there throwing balls, because there's, you know why? Because there's video of Bo working with the Tennessee guy. It's all over social media. Uh-huh. Now they got Finley coming in. And if you're DD, you're just thinking, wait, they sleeping on me. Do so at your own peril. Yeah. This guy's a winner. And he just happens to be in our quarterback room. And I do, I do hope, I I personally, I favor the guy with the highest talent ceiling, if I favor anybody at all. Right. Which is why I favor Davis, because I, I think he has the highest talent ceiling. I think he's the best arm talent. That's just how I've always felt. I'm on record I, I from the if, beginning. I, I think he's the better player. I don't know that he has the highest talent ceiling. To me, I still think Bo's ceiling might be the highest of all of them. I think Bo's floor is lower, though. I think that DD doesn't have as low a floor as Bo. So he has the best. I think he is probably closer to being able to reach his talent ceiling and not have the fluctuations that you have. Um yeah. Just because fundamentally he's better to me from what I've seen in the small bits of tape that I've seen him throw. He's just fundamentally better at a younger age. Right. So uh, got a yeah. Got a question here from from Felix. Felix wants to know whatever happened to staying on the death chart, waiting and paying your dues. Two words, transfer portal. Right. They ain't doing chart. it no more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's, uh, let's 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 be let's be clear about that too. That's not saying that people aren't waiting their turn, though, because if you're TJ Finley, play. you were the you were the third string guy on that squad of two guys who had a lot of eligibility, and they still brought in another. Like it, that's not just waiting your turn. That's like, listen, I want to go somewhere where I feel like I can compete today, right? right. Or not how many guys? I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying not where I got to sit and wait for a couple of years to play. Like waiting your turn is cool, 
But if I can go somewhere and play today on a team that's equally as good as far as like stature considered nationally, why not go do that? Right. I would. Right. Um, Listen, how many guys in the past waited their turn and then never got their shot? Right. That's what paying your dues meant before. Right. And why I keep trying to tell people Finley is here to play now is because of what Chris Todd told us. If they're really always trying to bring somebody in that's better than you, why would you wait thinking that it's going to be your turn just for the next freshman stud to come in? Right. With a higher talent scene and take the job from you. Time is of the essence, man. Right. You want guys who want to play now and will do what it takes to play now. Especially if you've gotten beat beat out. Right. Like, yeah. If you, <laughs> yeah. It's only so, a yeah. few programs that are, are developing talent and evaluating, identifying talent that well that sitting pays off. Right. We've seen it at Bama. We've seen it at Clemson. Um, uh, Oklahoma, kind of, they've, they've been going out and getting transfers that have come in. Mm-hmm. But they clearly are, are, are better at identifying who the guys with talent are. Ohio State, I mean, there are a few programs where, again, whoever's number two is definitely going to get their shot to at least show that they could be number one. And if they mess up, then number three just slides right into number two. Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. All right, so I, I got a question for you. And, and this is my concern. And it's not about bringing TJ Finley in. Is that a good thing? Yes or no? That's a good thing. Right. It's why I went to what is the communication between the coaches and the player? Something that we've talked about, reasons that we are for the transfer portal, is because it gives kids a chance who, A, they weren't going to get a shot where they were, or B, they were being lied to by the coaches. Hmm. Kids get misled because coaches need to stack the deck. They need to tell you whatever you are okay with accepting to keep you on this roster because you never know what's going to happen. And coaches, you got to do that. Football, everybody is one play away from being out for the season. You got to keep your deck stacked. So here's the thing with when you're talking about what coaches are saying to players. We all say, oh, look, Saban had two on the bench. Okay. The next year, they played roulette 2018, right? And Jalen said, nah, I'm not going to be the number two guy. I'm out. How does 2019 look for Bama if Jalen is actually there when two is dinged up? They lost to us. Matt Jones had no prior on the field experience, right? He comes in, makes some critical mistakes. Maybe those are some inexperienced mistakes. What does that look like at Jalen's sixth round? Jalen Hurts made the decision that I need to be starting. I need to show what I can do. And I need to continue to put out the tape that's going to get me some high draft stock. And he went somewhere that would allow him to do that. Did Bama miss out on a better 2019 season than they could have because somebody left? Because he yeah. couldn't get those snaps? Possibly. Yeah, no. yeah no, honestly. Possibly, I, 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 wait, possibly, that's not, it. That's not I, it. What about Georgia? Justin Fields. They decided, hey, we're going to go with the guy here. He, uh, what was his name? From. Right? He's okay, mm-hmm. but he's a starter. He had been doing some winning. It was more about the defense and the run game, but fine. You know what? Been doing some winning. Can't take that away from him. He leaves because he sees there's not a path for him there. What does Georgia win the next three years? Two years, really. Two years. Nothing. They win nothing. They never return to those heights. Ohio State, Joe Burrow, leaves. He wins a national championship. What did Ohio State get for stacking that room and creating the circumstances that made Joe Burrow make the decision to leave there? Has Ohio State won a national championship? They had a national championship quarterback in their quarterback room. A Heisman winning quarterback in their quarterback room. What did they get for it? Nothing. They got back there. They got back there with somebody else's mistake. That was Georgia's mistake. (laughs) Everybody's making the same mistake. So this is the dynamic that's created. I'm not saying that there's a way around it. Because it's, it's almost inescapable. You have to get the best guys you can. 
And if these guys believe that they are talented enough to win a Heisman, to win a national championship, you have to keep them satiated somehow. What they did to Justin Fields at Georgia, that was stupid. Another reason I hate Kirby Smart. That was stupid. (laughs) No reason that dude should be sitting behind Jake. Yeah, I don't don't, don't know. I I don't know that Georgia does the same thing with Fields that Ohio State does, though. I think that that I, I think that that's a blessing for Fields, it right? Is. So they so they misidentified. And if you're Georgia, you have not been doing a terrible job at quarterback, right? My whole point is is that what the coaches are telling the kids is is, is inconsequential because if you're a kid now in this day and age, you have to know. You have to know again what Todd said. It doesn't matter what they tell me now. They're always trying to bring somebody in that's better. Yeah. Except now the kids got options. In in 2001, right. when, when it was Jason White, they didn't. Right. That's why I love the portal. Because now coaches yeah. have an incentive to stick by what they say or the kid has a one-time, I'm out rule. I like the portal for that reason. But what yeah. I'm saying, and again, I'm not saying there's a better way to do this. If you are a quality program, you want the best quarterbacks you can get. Only one guy can get snaps. But four guys that you look at in a two-year span are going to have hopes. I second that they that's, that, Yeah, that's because what you were saying was stupid. Listen, what what I'm saying. <laughs> what, you froze for a second, B. Oh, you I froze, B. Yeah. yeah. What I was saying yeah. was stupid. I heard I it, man. I was, I was just saying how much I love you. <laughs> no, that ain't what you said. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to keep these kids happy. That's all I'm saying. Because I just gave you three examples where they didn't keep kids happy and the kids had more success elsewhere. Or they're standing got worse when the kid left that to me that's not successful you have to pick the right kid and hope and pray that one of the other kids just stays the way you actually make that happen i think the way that you make that happen is by being straight up with all of them look mac jones listen you're gonna sit sorry buddy you are going to sit they're all world all right i'll see so I mean, so I, I, so my question is: Are you coming from the assumption that they're not being straight up, or are you saying you don't know and you're hoping that that's what's happening? I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't okay. think the coach owes it. Let me make that clear: the coaches do not owe it to the kids to say, "Hey, you did all right, not quite good enough. I'm going to get somebody else." I am not saying that they owe them that. I'm saying that is what is most likely to get that kid to stay. That's what I'm saying. The cachet you need comes from the product that you put on the field. If you're Saban, you're, if you're Saban or you're, or any one of these other guys who have been, or Dabo Sweeney or any of these guys who've been perennial winners, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of question you could have for their logic when they pick a player. And that does not mean that they're going to get it right every single time. Right. But most of the time, they pick the right guy. So my point is, is, is that there are a few coaches I mean, again, it's, it's, it's just this. If they don't see what your talent is, it doesn't mean that you're not a good player. And now you have an option. And that will bear itself out. Listen, and listen. if you're bringing in multiple guys, you really don't have a problem of missing if you're evaluating properly. You got right. two talented kids, at least two talented guys for a position duking it out. You're going to, someone's going to lose. It's a zero-sum game as it pertains to certain positions on the field. The guy who wins ends up being your guy. So, yes, you do want to have more guys, but guess what? There's another recruiting year. You get to do it all over again and bring in more, multiple people for that same position. And it repeats. It repeats. Yeah, I guess my point is, is, is that if you are in a truly competitive QB room, you you and you leave, it's not always just because... They misevaluated. The evaluation piece is tough too, man. About which guy is going to be what? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost tough. impossible to project that stuff. Yeah, man, it's tough. All you, all you have to make sure is is that whoever you keep also has a high talent ceiling. And right. if that kid is what uh, you thought he was when you brought him in, he transfers out. He'll go do that someplace else, hopefully. Right, because yeah. at some, I mean, some point some you people are just, just better at it than others, though. Like some right. some coaches just know, they know how to pick a, a a dog, right? They just and yeah. and some of them, yeah, routinely miss, right? right. Yeah. Like to your point, Brian Kirby Smart misses a lot on QBs. I don't yeah. know who's doing the QB evaluation at Georgia, but he misses a ton yeah. on the quarterback. They, they get them to come there, right? 
Right, but then in their evaluation, they may not. Well, he just had. He just. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. <laughs> Listen, I, I, but even when he picked the right QB, he had the wrong system for him. Like he, the, you really thought but Justin see, that's, Fields that's was going to. That's still misevaluation, right? Like that's right. not understanding who the guy should be for your team, right? right? Just having a talented yeah. quarterback does not mean you're automatically going to have the guy that plays well for your. And that's one of. And be clear, that's really the challenge that Brian Harson is up against, right? Everybody who thought Brian Harson was coming here and he was going, we're going to, you know, muddle our way through a season. That he's, that ain't the mentality that they're coming here. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's clear. Brian Harson said, I came to Auburn to win today. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, oh, we'll see if we can. Die. Like His expectation is yeah. to get W's, bro. He's no, he really at, does. He really does yeah, have a one and yeah. O mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, no, nah, we're winning, bro. Like, for, I yeah. don't, I don't forget all that stuff y'all talk about. Six yeah. and six, and you got to be patient. I'm impatient. I want to win today. Mm-hmm. Give me, go get me guys. Hey, recruiting room, go get me some guys because we're gonna go play ball tomorrow, and I need to be ready to go play ball tomorrow. All this other stuff people talking about and build the program. Yeah, I'm gonna build a juggernaut today, and we're gonna go out there and we're gonna whoop somebody's ass tomorrow. Yeah, facts, facts, right? But you can't have, you can't do that if you're bringing in players who have resigned themselves to being number two before the competition has even started, which is why Finley's not here to be Bo's backup, even if he does end up being Bo's backup. That's not why he's coming. Right. And some of the other schools that were recruiting him, I think it was a lot clearer that he was going to be that dude's backup. Right. So he came here because he thought he could win the job here. He said as much. You know, and again, I'm telling I said it on our last if you're Bo, you just take this personally, man, and you elevate your game. Yeah. That's how there's that's, absolutely no reason why Bo should not take this personally. Bo should like take he, it personally. He, listen, right? team player, all that, yeah, yada yada. All right, mm-hmm. great. We can great. be a team player, hold my clipboard, cuz. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what part yeah. of the team you do. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you transferred. Great. But the job is mine until I decide to leave. Indeed. Indeed. And if he play and if he plays that way, then you know it is what it is. We win. We win as Auburn fans. You know, um, and if he doesn't, we appreciate your service. <laughs> and you know, we got some guys here who can get the job done. Yeah. You know, and, and then maybe what happens is best case scenario, you start putting these junior quarterbacks in the league. So when you recruit your next guy, you only have to worry he, about him. Yeah, he can, he knows he's gonna see the field because he's not gonna sit behind a four-year starter that's doing mediocre. Right. All of right. this is alleviated if Bo Nix, and I don't know what creates this, if he plays great, we way surpass expectations and he declares. That is the best thing that could happen to Auburn for this current year and our season for our quarterback room that and, and for our yes. standing with the next quarterback that we recruit. That's right. the absolute yeah, so best makes, scenario. He, to my G's point, it makes recruiting a top QB a lot easier when you mm-hmm. do stuff like that. That's the absolute best scenario is Bo Nix is the lights out, Nick. I mean, he is just absolutely, it's, I saw, um, and I we, we definitely weren't ignoring your question. I saw Nola Trey ask a couple of times, what do we rate Bobo's ability to um, to develop quarterbacks at? Like, what grade would you give him in that ability? Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a little hesitant to give him a grade on his 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 development yeah. of a quarterback. I do know that he, he has an eye for talent for quarterbacks, but if you're given the track record of what he he did in you know South Car- South Carolina, I don't know that their quarterbacks were markedly better after a season with Mike Bobo there, right? Um, part of that is, admittedly, the system that Mike Bobo prefers does not put the quarterback in positions to be a world beater, right? Like he wants that right. guy to just be a facilitator and. I don't know that he was able to get world beater talent, you know, whether they were, you know, world beater talent that could reach another level. So there, there's a there's a thing that we have to um, talk about when we talk about talent evaluation. Right. Or excuse me, talent development. There's the evaluate evaluation part. He might be able to have 
the best eye for talent in the world and never be able to recruit the guy to come to the school where he is because nobody wants to go play at South Carolina. Sorry, I know y'all beat us last year if you're South Carolina fans. Nobody wants to go play there, right? So it's hard to get quality quarterback talent to come there, especially if you're if Muschamp's your head coach. That's a fact. Right. So that's difficult. So the guy that you get only has so much that you can pull out of him. I don't care how good you are at talent development. If his talent ceiling is the fifth floor in a 20 story high rise, you ain't going to get much out of that guy. And you was only there a year in a in a season where you had COVID and no spring. Like it's hard to gauge what that guy was able to do with the talent he even had. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. it, 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 you but almost again, had to give him a mulligan for last year anyway. But having said all of that, I do like Bobo's ability to eye talent. And I do like what I've seen him do with quarterbacks that have had talent. In those Georgia days, you know, he yeah. he put guys in the league. Yeah. So I he clearly knows how to look at a QB and say, you've got professional ability. Let me bring that out of you. Put you in yeah. a position to be able to go to the NFL. He's done it. Right. I've seen him do that. I don't have to wonder about that. Um, But I think the difference in what we're going to see and and the reason why I say I'm not ready to to give him a grade right now is because I don't know that I've seen him make an evaluation or a quarterback development in a scenario where he was not also the guy putting the offense together. Right. Like I know how to evaluate guys for my offense. Can you evaluate guys for this new offense that's going to be some hybrid of what Harson does and what I do? I don't know. I don't know yet whether or not he can put a guy in a great position for that yet. What I do know is he knows how to make a guy get on his back foot, third step, drop, get the ball out. Because I've seen him do that over and over and over again. Pre-snap read. This is what the offense is supposed to be lined up in. This is what the defense is supposed to do. Do you know how to check out of that stuff? We saw him do that in A-Day. A thing that Bo Nix has never had to do his entire time playing football. He came and did that well during A-Day. So clearly Mike Bobo knows what he's doing. The question is whether or not he can pull all of that talent out of Bo Nix and get him to the place where, again, best case scenario, he's an NFL caliber quarterback at the end of this season and he goes and declares for the NFL draft. Yeah, listen, I'm thinking to myself, uh, the jury is still out on whether this offensive staff is going to be able to scheme around whatever deficiencies we end up still having when the season starts, because there are going to be some. And that may depend on who plays quarterback. And then if we make a switch after game four, what is the plan? How quickly can they evaluate what packages they have for what Bo does well and for what Finley does well or vice versa? Well, you kind of hope they kind of start figuring that out during fall camp. Right. Yeah. I mean, summer. They got to figure out in the summer. You got to look at Finley's tape and you got to try uh, because, listen, man, Finley is coming from a system closer to what Harson and Bo are going to run than what Bo's been in the last couple of years. Right. Right. So um, you've got to start figuring out a plan for both quarterbacks now. I, I just want to see whether or not we're going to be trying to stick a square peg in a round hole right. all season if something's not working. Are they going to try to mold the players to their system in year one? Or are they going to... Have some hybrid where, again, some of it is that, but you have to flex a little bit for what your players do and don't do well. Right. And I think that that's a good coaching staff knows how to highlight strengths and cover weaknesses, you know, with talented players. So, um, you know, and that's the one thing I will say, I think that Mike Bobo has done the best in all of his stops is say, I know what this guy's capability is. I ain't going to try to make him do too much. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're all here to play, man. Listen, competition just needs to be back. That's the bottom line. Right. Um, And and that's all I'm saying. You know, the competition is back and it's a true competition and one guy and they all get better because of it. It doesn't matter who wins the job. Long as 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 long as it's truly the best guy. That's all I'm saying is if it's actually the best guy and all this picking favorites and stuff, you know, I mean, the only uh, uh, negative bias I have against some guys is that we know what they are because we've seen it on tape and for other guys. And we haven't been able to trust the evaluation of the guys that we have not seen on tape. Right. And hopefully we can just start trusting both now. You know, a lot of this is let's just wait and see. 
what it's going to be, right? But I do like this move, man. Finley coming in is a big deal. I don't think that Gus makes this move. No. I don't no. think he bring I don't think he brings Finley in. Uh, but does Finley want to come in? Right. Well, yeah, there's that too. Wouldn't even come here. No. If I was a quarterback and I had been watching Auburn for the last five years, I would not come here. Yeah. Not here. So again, this this move signals a lot. Yeah. Like it 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 means a lot in so many ways. It's, it's just a sign. It's just a sign that things that are really changing. What that amounts to on the field to be determined. But I like what I'm seeing so far. Please be sure to share this amongst the Auburn family with amongst your friends. Let them know that we're out here dropping great content. Guys, please remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. As for social media, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at The War Report. We are TW Report on TikTok. We are signing off. Continue to have a great week. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.